morning um, this morning with you. Um, <coughs> you have to forgive my props and things. Um, I feel like I'm about 90, 96 wandering around with this thing, but there we go. Um, if you have a Bible and you want to have a look at uh, the first book of Thessalonians with me, <coughs> let you get there while I am. Um, first Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, we're going to start to read at verse 16 in a moment. So Father, we open ourselves to your word and we pray that you'll speak to each of us and bring more of yourself into our hearts and into our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you've had the better bits of the family. You've had Arthur, you've had my sister. All you're left now with is my dad, who lives in uh, Cheltenham. <laughs> who was a, a minister in Ealing for 50 odd years, some of them more odd than others. And um, so I'm the last of the, the last of the few, which you can judge for yourself whether that's good or bad by the, uh, by the end. <clears throat> You'll see by, by this thing, I, um, I managed to break my foot about three, um, three months ago. And it was um, my uh, stepdaughter's wedding. Oh. And um, the first, bizarrely, the first question everybody asks me was, was there alcohol involved? And I said, no, there wasn't. Um, not at all. I was the driver on the day, and uh, uh, no, there wasn't. Uh, but what there was, was we were clearing up the day after, and there were some boxes lying on the floor. And, um, I, you know, when something like that happens, it sort of gets a bit misty, doesn't it? A bit foggy in your head. I think what I did was, I think I tried to jump over the boxes, you know, as if I was still 25, and I'm not. Um, and uh, a great whale... Came, came out of me as I managed to uh, break two bones in my foot and uh, dislocate my ankle, which came out at a very, very strange angle. Um, and we won't be any more graphic than no. that for those of you who are a bit queasy. I'm a bit queasy telling my own story, to be honest. <laughs> and um, we, um, my, my wife sort of beautifully organised and got my leg elevated and iced and then ambulance was called and... You know, we all hear, and I'm sure they're true, we hear disaster stories from the NHS these days in terms of waiting times and all this kind of thing. And uh, within an hour, I had an ambulance, and uh, they took me, the, the wedding was in Kent, we lived just outside Milton Keynes, and uh, they took me, to the, took me to the hospital. By the grace of God, the, um, the consultant who was on at A&E was an orthopaedic uh, surgeon. He took one look at my ankle and said, oh, we need to do this quite quickly because um, it could be a bit difficult. So he, he said to me, this is going to hurt, and I am a complete wuss. Um, <clears throat> so again, by the grace of God, he gave me something that knocked me completely into la-la land, and I felt absolutely nothing. They managed to pop it back in and put some uh, plaster up, and then they sent me in a six-hour round-trip ambulance uh, to Milton Keynes, to the hospital in Milton Keynes, and turned up at A&E, and when I got into A&E, the, the doctors, there were a couple of doctors, a couple of nurses, literally sitting around going, we don't, we've never seen it this quiet. We don't, know what's, we don't know what's going on. They had time on their hands, which, you know, yeah. is a miracle these days in the, uh, in the yeah. medical profession. Some of you probably nodding are probably involved somehow with, now looking down at me, yes. Um, and so 10 minutes later, I had, I had an x-ray. We're following, on the same day, we got in there about 1.30 in the morning, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, had um, an operation, and they put plate a plate up my leg, 
screws in my leg, so I've got one less screw loose, <laughs> and um, a wire to pull it all together, and various other other bits. And uh, the consultant consultant did it. A couple of days later, sent me home. Then we had the you know the comeback for the fracture clinic to to X-ray it, and um, the appointment came, and it came on time. And then we sat with the surgeon. He said, "Oh, we've got to organise you some physio." And I'm thinking, "Oh, that'll probably take weeks, wouldn't it? You know, back, you know, there's millions of people on a backlog and delays and all that." He said, "Oh, just hang on here. I'll see if there's somebody outside." And within five minutes, he said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, they can do physio on you now." Wow. So <laughs> went out and did, you know, they did the physio, and then two weeks' time, got another appointment for physio, and it's all. All electronic, and it comes. Through. We're driving home, and the appointment pings, comes through. Two weeks, not cancelled, not delayed. Back in physio, and amazing. Okay. And I thank God. Mm. You know, I thank God for all of the mercies that are in that. My stupidity trying to behave like a twenty-five-year-old, but the grace of God that that just had different people, skilled, beautifully skilled people, you know, and thank God for it. And also I thank the massive, wonderful, incredible NHS that we have that you hear a lot of difficulties about. But my experience at the moment has been wonderful. And uh, if you are involved in the NHS in any way, shape or form, thank you very much because you're part of a system that helps all of us largely stay on two feet <laughs> most of the time. Have a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with me and verse 16 rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances i don't know about you but i've been a christian now 50 odd years 50 uh, 52 nearly 53 years and you're supposed to say he doesn't look that old now all right okay all right. <laughs> and the more i read the bible the more I, I come across little phrases, and you know, sometimes you can read chunks and chunks and chunks, and I come across little little one-liners, little phrases, and I think, well, if I manage to live that out for the rest of my life, I'll have done well. Almost like that's enough change to keep me going for the next 10, 20, 30 years, whatever I've got left. How about that? Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. What about that? Well, now, I'm an ex-school teacher. Uh, secondary so my objectives and my hopes as I communicate are, are normally pretty small um, if you remember a couple of things from today try that rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances mm -hmm. why for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus don't quench the spirit don't treat prophecies with contempt but test them all Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. The first time I ever heard um, <clears throat> a message on, on, on this, on the whole issue of of giving thanks was in a, a little church plant um, back in I, I worked for uh, well, 12 years for a church in central London called Kensington Temple and um, we were doing quite a lot of little church plants all around all around London and I was involved planting one of those in West London in a little place called Perivale 
And um, one of the people who, who came to our little plant was uh, a lady called Amanda Dye. Colin Dye was the senior pastor at KT. And his wife used to come to our little church plant because we did quite a lot of things that were good for the children and so on. And um, if you've met Colin at all, you'll know that Colin had, and Amanda had two daughters, uh, Elizabeth and then Laura. And Laura was born, uh, was born with cerebral palsy. And she spent her life for 15 years uh, in, a, in a wheelchair. And you can imagine the busyness of that very large church and London life and all those kind of things. And all the demands that were placed on that couple and all of the challenges that went with having a beautiful daughter, but one who was confined to a wheelchair with cerebral palsy. She never spoke and she never left that, that wheelchair. And uh, the first person I ever heard talk about Thanksgiving was Amanda Dye. And you know, context means a lot, doesn't it? When someone who lives with the daily challenges that that kind of family situation must bring, and they stand up and they say, give thanks to God in all circumstances and in all situations. And maybe for those of us who have life a little easier or a little different, maybe, maybe it carries that little bit more weight because you think, well, if that person could do that in that situation, then so can I. Pray continually, rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances. A couple came to our little, our little church. Um, the the mum came first, a lady called, um, um, lost her first name. The husband's name was Reuben. Jenny was, a, was the lady's name. Jenny walked in and she was in our little community and we'd, we'd never met, met her before. And, and she was a Christian and I, I used to go, when new people came, I used to go and pop in and try and visit the family and, and all this. And they lived about half a mile from our little church. And I walked in first time and I met the dad. Dad's name was, was Reuben, so Reuben and Jenny. And they had four children, beautiful children. All four of them had cerebral palsy. All four of them were in wheelchairs. And the, they were these motorised things, quite heavy, quite heavy wheelchairs. And they lived in a very, very tiny little house. And the wheelchairs couldn't go upstairs. It wasn't adapted. There were no lifts. There were nothing like that, no hoists. And every night, Dad Reuben had to carry his four children up the stairs. And I used to, used to go and I used to visit them every, every week. And they were an amazing couple. I got to know them. Dad, Dad Reuben wasn't a Christian. And um, he was one of those people that you'd envy like mad. So he was originally from Nigeria. And he used to play tennis for Nigeria. He did computer-aided design for Ford. And he was a qualified lawyer. And if you, <laughs> you, think, you know, if you go and meet anybody you feel inadequate, he was the man that you'd feel inadequate around. And he, but both of them had to give up their jobs to look after their children. And he was a... You can imagine, you know, I, I was thinking, how, how would I have reacted in that situation? You can imagine maybe frustration or disappointment, not carrying out his career and so on. But I used to go and see those guys every week, and I never, ever heard a moan or a negative word come out of their mouths. They were always grateful. They were always thankful. There was always a smile on their faces. And the dad, Reuben, wasn't, wasn't a Christian, but I, I walked on in, 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 in on the home one day and I saw him with one of the children in his arms and he was praying in tongues 
And I'm going, I didn't even know this guy was a Christian. How did, how did that happen? We had nothing to do. do. Don't know how it, I still don't know how it happened. But I found him holding one of his children, and, and the children used to go into spasm, and they, their muscles would be completely locked up. And I found Reuben praying in tongues with one of the children in his, in his arms and breaking, in his terms, he said to me, I'm breaking this fear. And I used to see that happen. And I, I visited that tiny, tiny little house, so inconvenient, so many medical challenges on those children. So as a family, we started to, as a church, we started to pray for that, um, that family and see what we could do and all that. And we contacted the council and the council said, look, we can't afford to rehouse them. You know, we can't do anything. But we managed to find a five bedroom bungalow that had just gone on the market in London near where they lived. And it was up for sale for some ridiculous price like, you know, in those days, £100,000 or something. Massive price at the time. You think, if only nowadays. Mm -hmm. And um, we talked to the owner and the owner, the owner wasn't a Christian and the owner had put it on the market and the council said it was too expensive. And we told him about Reuben and Jenny and the family and he brought the price down so the council could afford it. Wow. And they adapted that house, they, you know, it was a bungalow, they put hoists in and widened the doors and, and all of this kind of stuff. And, and the grace of God was just working in that, in, in that family. But they were so grateful for every little thing that happened. And I, I left London and <clears throat> years, years later, um, years later I met them uh, on holiday, they were in, they were in Bournemouth. And I was just wandering around Bournemouth with my family and we bumped, we bumped into them. And as, as I saw them from a distance, you, you know, that's a, that's a recognisable family. But there was a difference and the difference was there were no wheelchairs. Oh. All four children were walking. Wow. All four children had gone to normal state secondary school and some had gone on to university. Mm. And, and I'm... You know, I am, I'm stunned by this, you know. Maybe I shouldn't be stunned by the power of God. But I was blown away. And, and I went and I, and I talked to them and I said, you know, what happened? And she said how they'd, you know, Im improved and been able to walk and everything. And they said, one of the times that we were, we were on holiday, a, a, a man came up to us. The man was homeless. The man was dirty. The man was smelly and he was drunk. And he came up to them and he pointed in a wavy, with a sort of wavy finger and he said, God's going to heal your, your children. And he did. And it was amazing. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an instant thing. It was a gradual thing over years. You know. And God spoke through that man in all of the difficulties of his own circumstances and situations. But that family gave thanks. That family were grateful for what they had for what they saw for what God had given them despite all of their obstacles despite all the difficulties rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances notice what it um, notice what it says it says give thanks in all circumstances but it doesn't say give thanks because of all circumstances it's not. It's not saying we're you know we're a bunch of a bunch of nutters who go oh great something awful's happened in my life oh thank God for that. We're not you know most you know, we're not a screw loose. It's not because of the circumstances. It's not because of the difficulties. It's in the difficulties. 
even though life throws obstacles at us, even though life throws difficulties at us and challenges at us and things we don't understand and can't make sense of, we can still give thanks. We can give thanks in all situations and in all circumstances. One of the, um, <clears throat> when I was at, at Kensington Temple working on, our, on the central team, for a couple of years I looked after our, our missions work and we had a, we had a children's home in uh, Sri Lanka. And um, it was started by a lovely couple and we had, we had 50 children in that children's <coughs> home. And um, the stories of those poor kids, we, we were able to rescue kids who lived in graveyards, who used to go to sleep on, on graves. Mm -hmm. Kids who came in and for months sat in the corner of the, of the, of the room in the house and would just rock and were non-verbal for months and months and months. But gradually, gradually with the love and care that family gave to them, started to uh, improve, started to get help. And um, but the village that the the, um, the village was uh, a Buddhist village, and it turned against the children's home. And Buddhism is supposed to be a passive religion. Well, this wasn't passive. They came and attacked the children's home with with um, knives and with swords and with rocks, and they stoned the place. So the guards ran off, and the place was left in terror. And Colin Dye, by the grace of God, sent me to sort it out. <laughs> This was rural Sri Lanka where literally nobody spoke a word of English and I have no clue and no idea what I'm doing out there. But he sent me anyway. And I'm driving one day into, into Colombo, into the capital city and I have a, a, a driver and if you've ever known their roads you'll know why. And I have a driver and he's going along and we're stuck in traffic and you've got four lanes of traffic but nine cars going that way. And everybody, everybody's technique with driving, you think Birmingham's bad, everybody's technique with driving is beep, beep, get out of my way, or if not, I'll bang into you at the back to shunt you, to let you know I'm there. They crash into each other to let each other know they're there. And we're stuck in a traffic jam. And we're going absolutely nowhere for ages and ages. And my driver is really excited. He's, he's really pumped up, he's got, and I'm, you know, British, I'm in the back thinking we're late, I'm frustrated, I'm, uh, I'm cross, and, uh, and, I'm, and I said, yeah, why are you so excited about He said, oh, it's roadworks, it means they're fixing our roads. <laughs> See, it depends how you look at it, doesn't it? Mm. Is it roadworks delaying us, or are we glad they're fixing our roads? Mm. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all situations and circumstances the passion version puts it like it like this make your life a prayer in the midst of everything be always giving thanks for this is god's perfect plan for you in christ jesus sometimes as christians you know we're, we're sort of looking for the will of god in terms of you know what color do we paint our house or what bed do i buy or you know other ridiculous kind of things and sometimes it's difficult to try and work out, even in the big things, what is the will of God? Well, here's smack bang, every day of the week, seven days a week, 365 days a year, here's the will of God for you and me. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's the will of God. NLT, the New Living Translation, be thankful in all circumstances. The message says, thank God no matter what happens. 
And you might think, well, that's dead easy for Paul to write in it to these Thessalonians. Well, this is, remember, the Paul who's been shipwrecked, the Paul who's been imprisoned, and he's writing to the Thessalonian Christians, and they have been under severe persecution. They're living in a context in which Rome is in charge of their nation, of their city, of their, their place where they live. And Rome was a tough place to be. You know, we just, we just celebrated um, Guy Fawkes Night and the fireworks. And you know, I don't know if any of you have let off the, a Roman candle. Well, the idea of a Roman candle comes from the Romans and it comes from this kind of period and later, a little bit later on when Nero, the Roman emperor, used to kill Christians. And he used to erect in his garden for parties stakes and he would cover them with tar and he would tie Christians and he would burn Christians to death. They were the Roman candles that we use on firework night. And Paul writes to those people, to the Thessalonians under persecution and opposition, give thanks in all situations and in all circumstances. Not just the easy things in life, not just the days when everything's working, but in all situations and all circumstances. Now, why on earth does he do it? Does he do it because, you know, God, God's a bit down and he needs a bit of thanks today? Do we praise God because he's a bit depressed and he needs a bit of encouragement? Why do we do those things? I want to suggest to you that actually praise and thanksgiving are, are in many ways not for God's benefit, but for our benefit. It does us good. Why? Because when we give thanks, we appreciate what God has done in our lives. When we give thanks, it releases hope into our hearts and our lives that say, hey, I can look at God in the past. I can look how he's been faithful. I can look at what he's done. And that triggers hope for the future in our hearts and lives that enables us to walk through today with its obstacles and challenges. We praise God not because he needs bigging up, not because he's having a tough day, because, but because it helps us appreciate the greatness of God and the relative smallness of our troubles and situations. It puts things in perspective. It doesn't make God bigger. You can't do that. But it enlarges him in our heart and our mind. How we look at him, how we see him, the perspective that we have on life. And we realise the greatness of God. We realise that there is hope for today. There is hope for tomorrow. There is hope for our future. Therefore, give thanks in all situations and all circumstances. Dead easy bit of the Bible. Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all situations and circumstances. Let's pray.